It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We want to welcome all of our listeners. We appreciate so much you tuning in. That is encouraging to us, and we pray that this program, as we study together each day from God's Word, is proving to be encouraging and uplifting for you. We're not here on Search the Scriptures just to make you feel better. We're here to really try to teach you God's Word, to help you understand the teachings of Scripture more thoroughly, more completely, in a deeper way, and in more detail. Because, after all, the Apostle Paul said that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So just about the best thing we can do to help you in your spiritual life or in any part of your life, for that matter, is to help you learn God's Word better. And we pray that that is being accomplished as we study together each day on the program. We're thankful for all of our listeners, those who listen every day, those who listen frequently, those who listen perhaps more sporadically, and all of our new listeners as well. We appreciate you so much, and we pray that as your knowledge of God's Word is growing, your faith is growing, and as your faith grows, that you're coming closer and closer to God, and ultimately that you're going to be equipped to make your decision to follow God His way. Through Jesus Christ, His Son, your Lord and Savior, as you come to him in obedience to the teachings of the gospel. Great to be back again with Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's great to be on the program with you, and I would like to add my welcome to all who are listening and encourage you to listen again and again. In fact, to make this program a part of your daily regiment, that is, as you seek to live and serve God in sincerity of heart, that you will make this program a part of that effort. You can tune in if that is what you're doing or if you are listening to this program over the internet. Either way, you are gaining what we are trying to accomplish, that is the teachings of God's word, hopefully that are causing you to draw nearer to him and hopefully you are learning things that you have not learned before that you might follow God the way he wants to be followed. We encourage you to continue with our program. Thank you for listening. Dwayne, it's, uh, we're missing Dennis today. He's got a scheduling conflict again, but uh, we're looking forward to his being back with us very soon. Good to be with you today, it really is. And what a blessing we have to be able to open up God's word today and continue our study about some things that we need to keep. Some things we need to keep. Amen. You know, in order to live a faithful, productive Christian life, there are some things that we need to keep. When we see that particular expression in the scriptures, you know, those who keep these things, it's not just the idea of keeping them in your mind, but it's the idea of believing them and living by those things. That's right, keeping them in our lives. Yes, yes. Now, we noted that one thing that we need to keep, and this is really first and foremost, is that we need to keep the teachings of, of Jesus. Yes. If we get this one straight, then all the other things that we're going to look at that we need to keep will pretty much fall into place, and naturally so. Yes. So we need to keep the teachings of Jesus. In Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28, we read, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's right. Now, again, it's not just a matter of hearing the gospel, the truth, 
the teachings of God's word, but it is hearing it and believing it and keeping it. That is obeying it. That's right. We put it into practice and we stop practicing those things which are contrary to what God is telling us to do. Absolutely right. And so we need to understand that. And and it, again, I'm afraid that a whole lot of people live kind of in a peripheral world spiritually, kind of on the borders. And they think, oh, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Right. Oh, yeah, I even believe in heaven. Most of them might even believe in hell. Uh, but now when it comes to living by the teachings of Scripture, oh, very piecemeal, very surface level with a lot of people, yes. not really dedicated or committed to looking at what the scriptures teach in an in-depth fashion and then really purposefully living by those teachings daily. Hearing the word but not being doers of the word. It's the doing of the word in which God is pleased. And that's really the direct message of James in James chapter 1, the last several verses, he says exactly that. That's right. Do not be a hearer of the word, or he says rather be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Mm. Yes. How many people there are out there who just, they hear it, they might even say they believe it, but they don't live by it. They don't make the applications to their lives. You know, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul admonished that we should be diligent to present ourselves approved before God, a workman who handles aright the words of truth, right. and that is God's word. So we need to be diligent in our efforts to stand before God approved spiritually and the standard on which we stand so approved, according to that passage of scripture, is that we understand and properly apply the teachings of God's word. That's right, Gary. That's part, in fact, that's central to keeping the word or keeping the teachings. Now let's go on to Ephesians chapter four and look at the next thing that we are going to focus on that we need to keep. Ephesians four and verse three. Endeavoring to keep the word of unity or the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So we're supposed to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. This is a text that's dealing with the church. And that's, uh, that's, it's easy to see if you just look at the, at the, whole, at, at the whole context there. And, and Paul is admonishing that as Christians, as members of the Lord's body, that we keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now, there are a whole lot of people out there, again, who really don't give much focus to that. They, I don't think they even think about it much. And yet it is important for us because it is, again, central to our identity and our effectiveness as the Lord's church. That's right. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul writes this particular letter to the Corinthian congregation. 
And he really takes them to task in this first letter to, to the Corinthian congregation over their disunity. That's right. They were not one at all. No. Tremendous strife within the congregation. And he rebukes them soundly and repeatedly for that. Let's look at how he expresses it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I don't know how Paul could be more emphatic than he was in that particular verse of Scripture. In five different ways, he emphasizes to the Christians at Corinth, you need to be united. That's right. Look at how he puts it there. Speak the same thing. That's right. No divisions among you. Be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, you can't get much more complete in unity than what he expresses there. That's right. They needed to study the same word and put the same word into practice. That's the only way you can be one in those five ways. That's right. It, it all comes back to the word, doesn't it? That's right. Now, we can claim to be united. We can slap each other in the back and tell each other how much we love each other. But real unity has to come back to our compliance to God's word, exactly. to his teachings. And that's why we said in our last program in introducing this particular study that the first thing and the foremost thing that we need to keep right off the bat is we need to keep the teachings of Jesus. Amen. We need to keep, we need to live by, we need to practice consistently the teachings of God's word. So we need to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And Paul really helps us understand how completely that unity needs to be evident in our lives as Christians within the Lord's church. Now let's go to the third chapter of 1 Corinthians and look at verses 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? The word carnal there means what? Fleshly. Fleshly of, of this flesh world. Of the world. You're not being spiritual, in other words. That's right. Or at least you're evidencing a lack of spirituality in these matters that he's addressing. Right. Because of the way you're behaving. And so he says, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Why not, Paul? I... I could only speak to you as to carnal people, people who are acting like people of this world, as to babes in Christ or baby Christians, immature spiritually. That was their behavior. That was because of their behavior. You're exactly right. And he specifically zeroes in on their disunity as the reason for his judgment that they, he could not speak to them as to really spiritual people, but as to carnal people. In other words, the mature in Christ are not divided concerning the word. Should not be. But they were, 
at least they were divided in the way that they were behaving among themselves. Correct. So he says there's envy, there's strife, there's divisions among you. And those facts evidence your carnality, that you're still living like people of this world and you're not living like the spiritual followers of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's right. We need to recognize that the church needs to be united. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2 and let's look at the first five verses there. Philippians 2 verses 1 through 5. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Once again, Paul goes into a rather lengthy discourse here, emphasizing in different ways the importance, in fact, the absolute necessity of unity within the church. And particularly, he's writing this to the congregation at Philippi. So he says, if there's any consolation in Christ. Now notice, he brings out any comfort of love, right. any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and mercy. Now all of those characteristics ought to bespeak a people who are together, who are united. And their fellowship and their affection and their mercy, their love for one another ought to be demonstrated in their unity That's right. between each other. And then he goes on and says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Now, like-minded means you're of the same mind, right? That's right. And didn't he say that to the Corinthians back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10? He did indeed. He did. So be like-minded and then notice having the same love. Now, there's that love again. And real love ought to bring us closer together. It, did. it should. And then notice he says, being of one accord. Of one accord. And now that's unity again. And of one mind. It doesn't get any plainer than this. I mean, I, I can't think of anything else that could be said to cause a person to get this point. And I have trouble with how people miss it that God wants us to be of one mind, that he wants to be, us to be unified in all that we do concerning his will. Yes. And he, and he just, when you read these, these passages and it's just repetitive, different expressions emphasizing and reemphasizing and reemphasizing again the same point, as you say, we ought to get the message, Dwayne. Sure. So, being of one accord, of one mind, this is parallel to what we read back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. And then notice, he looks at it from a negative perspective and he says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. That's right. The dividing motivations, I suppose. Yes. Those, those particular characteristics do divide, don't they? They are divisive indeed. They, exactly. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. 
And so that's not self-exaltation, but rather it is humility. Right. In the presence of others and before others and putting them ahead of you. And that, again, would promote unity, wouldn't it? That would. A togetherness. Looking out for the interest of others, for sure. And that's, he says, look out for, not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. And he then, as we looked at verse 5, says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So there's our standard and our example. Jesus gave us an example of unity and of teaching unity when he came to this earth. Now, someone might say, well, well, what do you mean he gave us an example of unity? Let's turn to John chapter 17 and look at verse 21. John chapter 17, and let's look at verse 21. That is a great passage and example of unity, and I, and I love this passage. It says that they will all, or that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, this is a prayer of Jesus on the night of his betrayal. And he's praying to the Father that not just that the apostles would be united, he's been praying for them through much of that first chapter. But in this particular verse, he's praying for all of his ultimate followers through the teachings of the gospel. And he says, Father, I pray that all of them, all those who would follow me, may be one, that is, united. And then he sets the standard for that unity as being like that between you and me, Father. Now, does anybody suppose that Jesus, God the Son, and God the Father had differences of opinion between them? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't either. There was no, well, I'm just not going to do it that way. (laughs) Yeah, well, I want to have my way on this. Yeah. Well, you've got your opinion, you know, Father, I've got my opinion. Come on, get real. Jesus is praying for absolute, complete unity there between his followers, just as completely, absolutely united as he and the Father are united, and that is absolute, complete unity. Now, let's go back to 2 Peter chapter 1 and look at verses 20 and 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So no prophecy of Scripture ever came by the will of man. That's right. And it's not a matter of private interpretation. Dwayne, here again, I think we're zeroing in on much of the reason for a great deal of the disunity in the world that calls themselves Christian today. For the division. Yes. And a study of the Word of God will eliminate that. Why? Because we will read and understand the same things. The private interpretations will lead us away from each other because we all have our own opinions about things. Yeah, and and you use the word opinion there. Yeah. Now, Peter is essentially saying, hey, we're not talking about opinions here. No, no. 
We're talking about God's word. Objective reasoning. Yes. He gave it to us what we ought to think. And, and that is exactly the case. We go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And Paul says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. Now we've talked about that passage many times in the program. And in its literal sense, from the, from the original language, the Greek in which it was written, it means God breathed. breathed. Now the sense of that understanding is that these are words that are coming across God's very lips out of his mouth. Now that's an image that is being presented there. I'm not suggesting that God has lips or God has a mouth. I don't know. He's a spiritual being. Right. But it's accommodative language for us. These are God's very words. Right. They're not matters of opinion. And when he gives us his very words, it's not open to us to decide, well, what do I want to think about that? As if God needed anything from us. No, and he does not, obviously. He gives us his word to communicate to us his will for our lives. Amen. Now, if we want to be faithful to him and dedicated to him and true to him, then we're going to follow his teachings. In fact, Jesus put it this way in John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep, keep my, my commandments. commandments. Exactly. And the sense is there that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's right. And then in verse 21 and again in verse 22, he reemphasizes that and he points out that it is those it is the one who does keep his commandments who truly loves him. That's right. And the understanding is if we do not keep his commandments, don't talk about how much you love him. Verse 23. And so there it is. If we're really going to love Jesus, if we're really going to be faithful to God, it's not just a matter of spouting off words and high-sounding platitudes. We're going to live by his teachings. Amen. So we need, and only on that basis, can we achieve and maintain the unity that we're supposed to have as the church, as the faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We're to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace as his followers. We cannot do that any way effectively and consistently without coming back to understanding his word correctly and then obeying it and That's living right. by it. That's right. Our, our time is up. We're going to stop here for today. We'll come back and pick up and move on with this study about some things that we need to keep. And these are things that we all need to keep. We'd love to send you that free Bible study. We're going to give you the information how to contact us in just a moment. We encourage you to take down that information and contact us right away. And we'll get that study to you. We'd also be glad to send you a copy of today's program on CD. And again, it is always free and we pay the postage. We hope to hear from you right away.